Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It was just a few weeks after the pandemic started that Tammy Chen knew something was happening to her patients' mouths. The first week of April, so we had been shut down for about two and a half weeks, I got 12 emergency calls, 10 of which were teeth fractures. Tammy is a prosthodontist in New York City. She's been doing dental work like restoring broken and missing teeth since 2011, but she'd never seen anything like this. Before COVID, we would say, you know, on average, it was about once a week that we were getting a tooth fracture. And now... It's at least once a day. Sometimes I would see five to six fractures in a day. You know, as a dental healthcare provider, that's scary to see. It was scary because Tammy knew that if she was seeing this sort of huge uptick at her own practice, other dentists probably were as well. My root canal specialists say that they are just busier than they have ever been. I've gotten correspondence from Australia, Germany, France of similar situations in their countries as well. So Tammy started to wonder, what was really at the root of all these cracked teeth? She knew that many of her patients were now working from home, sitting on the couch or the kitchen bar for extended periods of time. And she believed these makeshift workstations were likely leading to an unusual amount of time in positions that strained the neck or put extra weight on their jaws. But then there was the other obvious culprit, the incredible amount of stress that people are now under. Grinding is very much a reaction to stress. We kind of, that phrase, grin and bear it, we kind of really are gritting our teeth together and just trying to hunker down and get through this. Teeth grinding, it turns out, is just one of the strange ways the pandemic is taking a toll on our bodies. Across the country, doctors are reporting all kinds of surprising physical symptoms of stress. And today, of all days, there is plenty to be stressed about. We're in the midst of another COVID-19 uptick. And, oh yeah, did you know there was an election yesterday? Look, if you're feeling on edge today, or if you've been feeling on edge for months, there are some things you should know about the way stress can impact your body. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. I think the the most important thing related to those physical symptoms is understanding the distinction between what our body does under acute danger threats and what it does when that stress is maintained chronically. That's Kate Harkness. She's a professor of psychology at Queen's University in Ontario, Canada. She's been conducting research on stress for decades, and she says there's a lot of instances where we benefit from stress. Like if a car is suddenly hurtling towards you on the street, you get that fight-or-flight response. The body releases a lot of hormones, uh, for example, cortisol, other chemicals, noradrenaline and adrenaline, to get the body mobilized to attack that stressor or or get away. Um, That's really important. 
But fortunately, our body is also adapted to be able to shut that down once the threat is gone. But the problem with something like COVID and other sorts of chronic stressors is that it lasts for days, weeks, and now months uh, with COVID. And the body doesn't really know the difference. So all it knows is that when there's a threat in the environment, we need to release these chemicals. So those chemicals are being released in our bodies chronically, and that's when they can start to have damaging effects. You, you know, I think it's I think it's such a fundamental point, Professor, right? Stress in and of itself is not the enemy. We need stress to some degree, to get out of bed in the morning, to study for a test, to to fight or flight, depending on what the situation may be. But it's that incessant, never-ending, chronic nature of stress that seems to be the problem. Yeah, and you know, the the cortisol release, for example, that actually has in a in a in acute short term very favorable effects on the body. So, for example, it interacts with the immune system and leads to the release of anti-inflammatory chemicals. So, things that'll help with wound healing, for example, that's what it was evolutionarily designed to do. That's a really great thing to have. But unfortunately, over the long term, what can happen is that the receptors that receive cortisol, they downregulate, they desensitize. And what that ends up happening is it lets the immune system kind of run amok. And instead of anti-inflammatory chemicals being released, there are pro-inflammatory chemicals. And that's actually one of, one of the mechanisms that's involved in a lot of these disturbing physical symptoms. I, I, I want to uh, hear about some of these unusual physical symptoms, because I think a lot of people might be having them and not really directly relate them to the stress. Yeah. And I'll actually maybe just start with a quick example. Um, so when I am stressed personally, I break out in a little bit of what is what feels and looks like poison ivy on my hand. And I had a very, very bad case of poison ivy when I was younger. And since then, every time I'm under a lot of stress, I break out in poison ivy, even though I haven't been exposed to poison ivy. So that's an inflammatory response of the receptors, the um, uh, immune receptors on the skin because of stress. I've heard a lot of people reporting that they've been breaking out in acne, even though they haven't had a pimple in years. Um, their psoriasis is worse than usual. Their eczema is worse than usual. Um, women are reporting um, more painful periods. Um, migraines are much worse for people under stress. Um, so some, those are some of the, the more common ones that I've heard. Uh, but because there are immune receptors everywhere in the body, you can feel it everywhere in the body. That pro-inflammatory state that you're, you're describing as a result of the stress also leading to things like, like hair falling out. Is that right? Yeah, that's another one that I've heard. Um, also, um, uh, teeth, teeth becoming more brittle, um, grinding of the teeth, of course, at night. A lot of people have that issue. People have talked about their teeth falling out, for example, when they're under a lot of stress. And again, this is long periods of stress. Um, not, you know, this isn't just stress that lasts for a few days. And of course, everyone's experiencing both the actual stress differently. And then there are also big individual differences in how different people respond to the same level of stress. Um, so this is not something that's going to be constant across all people. There are going to be huge individual differences, both in the exposure to the stress and also to uh, the response to that stress. That's really interesting, uh, Professor. You know, I, I'm a neurosurgeon. I trained in neurosurgery for seven years. I do trauma neurosurgery. I feel like over the decades now, I've been able to figure out 
very effective ways to manage my own stress. Uh, things that work for me, I don't know that they would work for everyone, but they work for me. I also cover wars. And even in those situations, I've figured out ways to, to modulate my stress. What I've noticed recently, and I was just talking to my wife about this the other day, is that I wake up with a really stiff and sore jaw, which I think is probably what you're you're talking about. It's it's probably the teeth grinding, you know, the the the, the gnashing of of the teeth at night, all that sort of stuff. But that makes sense. That that could be my physical manifestation of this stress. Yep. Yeah, you're clearly a, a very resilient person in your psychology um, and also probably in your physiology. But there, you know, that load can accumulate to the point where even for very resilient people, there are psychological or physiological manifestations. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, I, I thought I needed to go see the dentist, which is hard to do in the middle of a pandemic. But as the problem was sort of persisting, I realized that my jaw pain, which is significant, I mean, to the point where I was even having trouble eating breakfast in the morning, my jaw was so sore, talking, you know, for for uh, a television report, I realized that that is probably my own stress that I'm internalizing, and I'm trying to deal with that now. My wife, you know, she's been doing well, but she also deals with autoimmune disease. And I'm curious how much you think a period like this where we're collectively as a world society, we are going through this event. How much does it affect people who have pre-existing conditions like like like, uh, like autoimmune diseases, for example? Yeah, well, that's a really important group of people. Um, and there are a number of pre-existing conditions that are making people more vulnerable during this time. So autoimmune uh, disorders are one, and the other is pre-existing psychological or psychiatric conditions such as depression or, or anxiety disorders. And um, both anecdotally, and I think there's some some research that's coming out now, preliminary, is that those people are at much greater risk of relapses during the pandemic. Um, so relapses of autoimmune conditions and also relapses of psychiatric illness. Does it matter that much uh, as to when you experience stress in your life? I mean, we, we hear a lot about um, adverse childhood events. Um, You've done research uh, on people who have experienced uh, serious stress, I guess, earlier on in their lives, and and you created these experiments to try and gauge uh, the impact. I'm wondering if you can you can talk about that. What sorts of experiments did you conduct, and what were you trying to learn? Yeah, so one of the things that I uh, was interested in even early in my career was how our early experience kind of tunes the brain and the mind to react to later experiences. So if we have a lot of stress early in our life, are we um, more sensitive to stress when it occurs in adulthood? And so to look at that, uh, one of the studies that we did was we looked at, we recruited people who had um, quite severe early trauma experiences. And um, we brought them into our, our lab and we um, gave them a stressful uh, experience where we had them give a speech in front of a panel. Then we had, had them do a difficult arithmetic test. And what we found is that people with a history of severe early trauma had two kind of very different responses. They either released a lot more cortisol than people without that early history, or there was a subgroup who released a lot less cortisol. So it was like their stress system was just kind of shut down and blunted. Wow, that's really interesting. 
we talk about this physiologically where the there's such an overwhelming stimulus that the receptors sort of become blunted. That's right. So I think one of the things that that study and others like it show is how important our early experiences are for tuning our our responses to current stress. And the way we react to stress for everybody is is really dependent on our early experiences, positive or negative. I, I think just think that's so helpful, Professor. You know, I mean, we are collectively going through this experience, and there are some people who will come through this more resilient, and there are some people who will come through this very crushed by what has happened and what what separates those two groups of people. I, I don't think there's a absolute clear answer and it's probably different for everybody. I think there's so much there's so much to worry about and and you don't want to be euphemistic about it. You have to be honest, but to also um, layer into that that we are going to get through this. And I've and I've taken to reminding people that even after the 1918 pandemic, what followed? Uh, the roaring 20s. You know, we we did come back, and I think it's 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 important to remember that, and to, important to remember that we can even possibly come out more resilient on the other side. Yeah, stress has been ubiquitous in our history since we began as a species, and we've managed to take that stress and use it to create amazing things. Um, so I think you're right. I think in general we're going to get through this if we all work together. Um, but we do have to be really careful that we're that we're paying attention to and and helping the most vulnerable uh, citizens who may not be dealing with this as well as as others. As Professor Harkness said, everyone's going to experience stressful times differently, both in terms of the stressors that they encounter, but also how they react to them. If you're feeling particularly stressed today, know that you're not alone and that there are some easy activities that have been shown to reduce stress in many people. Get some exercise. Maybe get outside for a walk or a run just distract your mind and release some of those chemicals that counteract the stress. Try a mindfulness activity like yoga or meditation, just a few minutes. In yesterday's podcast, we shared a guided meditation that you might find useful. And lastly and this is going to be hard, limit the amount of time you spend talking or hearing or reading about the election or whatever it is that is stressing you out. Instead, maybe spend that time being social, connecting with your friends and family over Zoom or safely in person. You will find that can be remarkably rejuvenating. And as always, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.